Good day, howdy, and welcome to the 4 p.m. podcast. My name is Munir Ajam. My core passion is project management and community. I come to you with at least close 35 years of experience. My eagerness to share knowledge and to mentor and coach groups, help organizations transform the way they manage projects to a higher level. 4 p.m. stand, in this case, it's shortened for us for what we call value, which means project, program, product, and portfolios. So a lot of our topics will be around these 4 p.m. Let's get going. Welcome to the 4 p.m. podcast. We're about to start our episode number five, which is focusing on the value delivery methodological process. A quick recap of what we have done before, because, you know, these episodes are somewhat integrated. In episode two, we talk about transforming project management. And then we made the case, why do we need to transform project management? In episode three, we stress that the need to understand our domain and respect our diversity as a community of project management before we can start a transformational journey. And then in episode three, we start to talk about the approach, how to do the transformation. And uh, we talked about uh, different levels. And today of project management, the last episode, we talked about the first aspect of transformation, which is how to build and sustain an organizational project management system. That leads us today to talk about the second aspect of building, of transforming project management, which is in a way part of the OPM. However, it's, we want to focus on value delivery. Now, what do we mean by value delivery? What do we mean by a methodological process we will cover in this episode. So we will talk about what is the PM method. We will talk about the PM level, a refresher, which we covered in, I think, episode three. We will talk about why do we need level five, which is a value delivery model. And then what is level five? And we finish uh, with what is unique about level five. So five Uh, This episode has five parts, so let's go through part one. Part one is about what is a PM method. We often confuse the word method with methodology. And some other videos we have produced in our YouTube channel, we clearly talk about define the difference between method and methodology. Actually, interesting enough, one of the most the most viewed videos on our YouTube channel is the difference between method and methodology. So I advise you to visit and check it out. But a method typically is very specific, just a summary here, a very specific way of doing things. Where a methodology is typically a set of methods, the science of studying method. And so as a result, a methodology could be a foundation like a framework. And from there, we can develop numerous tailored methods. That is the philosophy and the approach we follow in Uruk project management. So how do we use when we say the word method? Unfortunately, today, there's people depend on your background. Uh, you might have different view or a different mindset of what that word means. For example, in project management, we have something called critical pass method. So the word method is there. However, that is a technique that is specific to scheduling. We have earn value method or earn value management. Sometimes we use the word method, sometimes we don't. 
Again, that is very specific about assessing progress on a project. We might have some risk assessment methods. We might have some stakeholder identification or exploration for their input or how we engage them. There might be method and techniques and approaches. In those situations, the word method is typically very narrow, very specific to some action that we can do within a project. While we are managing a project, we can use earn value management. We can use critical path method. We can use risk management identification techniques. We can use many, many, many other kind of method and technique uh, while we are managing project. So when we hear the word method, yes, we understand some people will think based on what I just described. However, in a root project management, when we talk about method, we typically mean something like a tailored method. That means a method that is specific to manage a project across the entire life cycle. So within the Uruk method, you might be using the critical path and the earned value on etc, etc, etc. So from that perspective, when we talked about a PM method in this episode, we are talking about methodological process, the method to take a project from start to finish. Now, where is that start and where is that finish? That might be a good time to shift into part two of this episode, which is a refresher of the project management level we discussed before. As we start with part two, which is a refresher on the PM level that we discussed in an earlier episode, if you remember, or if you have not listened to that episode, the way we talked about it is when we talk about the level from level one to level five, is that as the number goes up from one to two to three to four to five, our attention to the project, the area of the project that we might be managing get broader. Just think about, you know, like my hand are, you know, touching and then now I am spreading by hand away from each other and growing the gap, right? So in level one, our focus might be very narrow. Uh, level two would be slightly broader. Level three would be even more broader. So when we talk about span broader, that means we're talking about span of time. That means the beginning and an end. There is a beginning and an end, right? So most method, if we define them, that they are about managing that a project, it depends on that life cycle or the method that we are following. So it has a beginning and an end. Right. So basically, in that case, a project in that definition have a beginning and an end. Now, where we don't often agree is where is that beginning and where is that end? So on level one, we talked about basically these are mostly task management. So in the beginning and end, you know, we have a list of tasks. Uh, we go through them one by one until we finish. So that is beginning and an end in a stage we start with when the stage is authorized and initiated, we finish when we deliver on the stage output. That's done, right? When we go to level three, which is technical project management, similar to what PMI and other literature advocate, we start with a charter, we end with an output, right? So that is where we talk about the levels. Where do we start and where we do end? When we talk about level four and five, I will save it for later, 
in this episode because this episode is about level five. So the question is in part three of this episode is what do, why do we need level five? Well, before we answer this question, maybe we should think about is level five better than level three? Not necessarily. It all depends on if you, we probably advise you to go back to episode three, is that who are you and what type of organization you work for and what type of mandate you have. Uh, maybe all what you can do in your organization, you're designed to manage project at level three, which is perfectly acceptable. As long as, if you remember uh, probably the last episode, we talked a lot about competence. As long as you are competent, in managing the work, whether at level one, level two, level three, level four, or level five, it doesn't really matter. So it's important to manage with competence. So in that case, why do we need level five? Why do we saying level five may be different than level three? Because if you are a project owner, remember, it depends on who you are. If you work for a project owner organization, the organization that is launching the project and want to benefit from its outcome, they want to achieve some result, some benefit, Right? Then in that case, you are better to consider working at the minimum, as we said in an earlier episode, at level four, but ideally you want to go to level five, which is the value delivery model. So why did we call it value delivery? Because if I'm a project owner, I'm not doing project because I like to do project. I'm not in the business of doing project. I am in the business of getting benefit. I might be a hotel company, right? I derive value from operating hotel that give me some profit. If I'm the petrochemical industry, I derive value from petrochemical product that I sell. If I am a software solution provider like Uruk, I get value from the subscription that we get to our platform and from the consultancy and other services that we sell. So from that perspective, we are not necessarily looking at project as the end or the ultimate objective. Project are the engine to drive success. They are the mechanism to help us achieve our objective and deliver value. So if I am an owner organization, I must think along those lines, delivering value. Otherwise, I might not be sustained in my business. So the next part of this episode is, okay, what is level five? Uh, Well, for this, we will advise you to definitely go to our website and go to the knowledge tab and you can find our blog site and you can find our YouTube channel and you can find links to articles or videos where we can even show you some graphics. So you will be able to see the graphics that might be related to this. So at least you have a better understanding with visual. Now I uh, will try to be maybe like a sport illustrator, try to describe the game blow by blow. Uh, Well, maybe I'm not good at it, but I'll try. Uh, So what is level five? Well, first it's a project life cycle model. We've been talking about all levels have some kind of a life cycle, has a beginning, has an end. Right, so we need to start at least to define it is a project life cycle model. However, it has what we like to call the stage gate or decision. You know, some people say, well, we don't have stage gate. I am sure everyone that work in project management, even if you never heard the word stage gate, you have stage gate in your company. Why do we say that? 
too arrogant to say that? Well, no, because that's reality. You have decision point. A decision point is a gate by definition, right? Some people don't like to, to use the word gate. Unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know. Uh, it's important to understand that on along any project, there are decision point. Uh, and those decision points are gate. So we must have a project life cycle that typically would mean when we say the word project life cycle, that mean is divided into stages and then every stage have a gate in order to verify that the work that was done before satisfy our requirement as a company policies guideline. And then we shift to question number two, does it still make sense to continue with this project or do we stop? Right. That's the purpose of the stage gate. So dual purpose, verifying the work that was done before is good. And then do we still want to proceed? Maybe because the condition in the market change, even though everything looks good, maybe there is becoming harder to justify continuing the project and we'll have to stop it. That is uh, first two point project life cycle that has stages and every stage must have a gate stage gate. Now, level five, because we're talking about value delivery, it must focus on the entire value delivery life cycle. Now, what does it mean? Remember, every life cycle have a beginning and an end. So where is the beginning? In this case, the beginning is the idea, the product vision, the asset vision, the venture vision, whatever you want to call it, right? We want to launch a new hotel chain in uh, Timbuktu. Uh, we want to uh, have a series of clinic in Houston. Uh, we want to have X, Y, or Z, right? So from the time that vendor, uh, that strategic planning department was in a company or a group of investors uh, or anybody that had, look, we want to do something that will deliver value and benefit right? Whether the value and the benefit are measured in monetary terms, you know, return on investment, net present value, whatever, or services to the community uh, or service to citizen. There has to be some kind of a value. So from the point that idea come about, we consider the project life cycle started. Now, I'm not going to talk about the stages yet. And then we have, obviously, we, I will mention that we will go through the different stages until we reach the end. Now, where is the end? That's very tough question in reality. Some might say project completion and we do project closure. Well, that's the common view. For us, that is level four. That is a product delivery model. We deliver the product, we go through some closure and we do some proper closure. However, in a value delivery model, we want to validate that the product work. So we must do that in two steps. First step is we need to go through some kind of an initial operation period to make sure that everything is working according to the specification, the design, the quality, the objective that we establish the project to do. And if all is well, then we might do some closure. However, in Uruk, we are probably quite unique in this. We don't close the project at that point. We do what we call PLC closure. So we are only closing the life cycle because the team that is working on the project will probably need to demobilize and go on to do something else. The why for us that mean at that point the project is complete, but it's not closed. So what does it take to close a project? 
In our value delivery model, what it takes to close a project is to do the final success assessment. Because one of our four dimensional project success, which is a topic for the next episode, is to talk about the objective success. Often enough, objective success cannot be measured at completion. We might have to wait weeks, months, or even years before we can determine how did we do in terms of our objective. In that case, the project, for example, in our Rook platform, will project will go into a completed, into the completed list of project and program and will stay there until the PMO, the PM department, executive have determined that this would be a good time for us to assess for final success and close the project. So our life cycle model, the value delivery model, start with the product vision and end up only after we assess how did we perform in line with the business objective and the business case. Now, the project life cycle is basically what we emphasize in Rook is that it must be tailored method. So we start with a methodological process and then we tailor based on the need which means the life cycle for some project could be four stages. Some project could be 15 stages. Usually our standard model is nine stages. You know, some could be six or seven. So depend, all depend on the nature of the organization, the sector, the domain, the vertical, the project type, the project size, the project complexity would help us design a unique or at least a very specific tailored method for that type of project. So in that case, the tailor, we need to have the project life cycle and we need to ta tailor it. We already talked about the life cycle start and end. And as a result of that, it covers the entire life cycle, right? So I think that is clear by now. I think it's becoming clear there are many stages. Now, maybe here I need to, to touch on one last point in this section uh, on what is level five is that in the way we do it in a Rook platform is that we have total flexibility on designing tailored method that which mean we can control the number of stages and whether those stages are sequential or overlap and we can control the number of gate and we can control whether you want to use agile development or what we call big bang development. Uh, we can control what is the output of every stage which means the stage deliverable, what is the content of every one of those stages? We can have the stage gates and the stage gate criteria. All of that is adaptive. All of that is we can tailor in the platform. We come to part five and the last part of this episode, which is what's unique about the level five? I think over here, I probably explain everything. So maybe it's just a matter of re-emphasizing the key point. The focus is on the product, right? And that where we can integrate product management with project management. We have not talked about product today much as a product life cycle. You know, most model on product life cycle consider usually for a new product, right? Uh, or for product in general, sorry. There are five stages or five phases of product. Uh, the first one might be acquisition and then you might have you know, uh, growth, maturity, decline, withdrawal. So each stage could have a different name depending on the industry. 
However, for example, if we are in, a, let's say, building a hotel, so the product is a hotel, the acquisition phase of that hotel product life, the hotel, because as a physical entity, is probably has a 25 to 30 years life, useful life. That's a term we use sometimes, uh, right? So basically, the first phase of that is the acquisition phase, which means it's a project. It going through the vision, the business case, the feasibility requirement, design, engineering, construction, commissioning, all the way until it's fully operational. Now, that is typically where project management happens in the acquisition phase in parallel to product life cycle. Then, of course, during the other phases of the product, during the growth or the maturity or the decline, we could implement many other projects. They could be upgrade project, maintenance project, expansion project, all they could be related project. And software, we might have, you know, we might have increment upgrading technology, whatever the case might be. So after the initial product is acquired and it is in the market, we can do many, many, many projects down the road. With the 4PM, remember, we talk about product being part of this four Ps, right? So project, program, product, and portfolio. In a value delivery model, our focus is not technical project management. We view project management as the engine of project success. You probably have seen our logo with that slogan, right? Basically to indicate that we use project management learning, project management competence, project management process to deliver success of what? Of the product. We're not only concerned with project management success. So in this case, I repeat myself, maybe for the third or fourth time today, the focus is on the product. So that is one thing that is unique about level five. Another point, it integrates project management with business aspect. So in a way, we have a way to start to break down the silos between business and project. You know, if you think about the project, often enough that might start with, with a division within the company, HR, marketing, whatever. And then it could, might go to some kind of project management group or project execution group. And then might go to an execution group like an IT or engineering or construction. So you notice there are many interface points there. Uh, the advantage of a product delivery methodological value delivery model is that we integrate, in this case, project management is not just over the fence, right? We must use project management even in the discovery phase of the project, where typically the business people operate without project management support or input or knowledge or competence. And as a result, whatever they produce end up being set in stone, which is almost too difficult to change what we are saying, we must introduce project management even in that phase, in the discovery phase, when we're doing the business case, when we're doing the analysis, when we're doing the feasibility, right? So in that case, it's not just we have one department doing work and then we you know, shoot the ball over the net or over the fence to, to IT or engineering or construction. We integrate project management with that business side of the organization, which typically could be, if we are an internal team, is an internal customer or could be a external customer. Also, what we've seen often we fail in project, and we've seen this even on mega project. Project people are designed to think, you know, in a way, sometimes we joke about IT people think zero or one, and project management people, in a way, think zero or one, but in a, not in the technology aspect. We are engineering or construction or working on facilities project. We think about building. You know, all what we care about, build it, right? 
Uh, let's get going. Let's build it, right? Let's start to get digging hole in the ground. Sometimes you might hear some construction people. Uh, and when they get frustrated, when they are in the office too much, they will probably joke about, you know, we, are, we just need to start digging some holes. That is part of our focus and maybe our DNA in project. You know, the people who trained in traditional project management, all what they think about getting things done. Well, however, we got things done. We built that hotel. We built that museum. What's next? We don't know. Well, we need to hire people. We need to train people. We need to do things like this. That is what we call operational readiness. That is also often ignored in most literature on project management. So what we are saying, that must be an essential part. Now, in bigger organization and bigger project, you could have two teams working in parallel. You might have an operation team and you might have the technical team that is doing the engineering and building, right? That's fine as long as we have a cohesive leader leading both to get to the point when we are ready to hand over the facility, the operation people are ready to accept it, test it, commission it, and to start to operate it. That is another area where we are when we start to shift from level three of technical project management charter to output, where we're saying, wait a minute, we have to go even before to integrate with the business side. And then in parallel, we have to consider the operational readiness side until so we can make sure that when we finish, we can achieve success. And of course, when we talk about operational readiness, we also have what I mentioned earlier, initial operation stage, where now we are, we go into an operation, maybe like a pilot or soft operation, or just, you know, we start to operate, but in a way, in a testing mode to make sure to validate that we are able to produce, if it's something that is a production facility, we are producing to the capacity desired and the quality desired. In the software, there are other criterias. and marketing, there are other criterias. So depend on the nature of the project, that initial operation criteria could be different, and we have to make sure we understand it. Now, in parallel to all of that, we must implement what we call the four dimensions of project success, which we are also building into a Rook platform. Again, that will be the topic for next episode. So time to wrap it up and close this topic. Uh, we talked about the difference between method and methodology. What does the word method mean in project management? Uh, what is a refresher of the PM level? What is level five? What is unique about level five? We covered all of these topics. So we let you to ponder until we meet again. Do you measure project success on your project? Since that is going to be our next episode. If you do, how? And the only thing is left to say is we wish you success today, tomorrow, and always.